Nissner makes a nice move in across the line, drops it back, connected, connected, past the shot, they score! Oscar Lindblom buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 62 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo. As always, brother, how are you? That's a shitty day, but I'm doing pretty good. And the fact that Seth Jones could be on the horizon, uh, I'm waking up different now. <laughs> like, there's, there's purpose in my days now. But uh, first thing I want to get into on this episode, because I didn't want us to forget about it, because I was worried we were going to forget about it. Well, I want to get into Hackstall to start. Cause it, honestly, if you didn't bring that up, I probably would have forgot about it. it completely passed my mind. So yeah, that's why. Because I just want to take a couple minutes, go through it in the beginning, because I think it slipped everyone's memory, and rightfully so. I mean, fuck Dave Hackstall, but the best part about the Dave Hackstall signing is isn't like anything to do with the team. It's the the fans that are defending the signing on Twitter. It, like, we had a couple of. Seattle fans like come not come at us but like defend it and be like oh blah 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 how could you say it's a different team I mean I understand what they're saying but is I find it funny that you got Seattle fans defending the team that isn't really they isn't a team yet like <laughs> they don't even have players yet and these guys going to bat for Seattle I fucking love it I find that hilarious no that yeah, that should have me dying but the the main thing that that could parallel from this is him liking a particular player such as JVR. And taking him in the expansion and like lobbying for the team to take him in the expansion draft. It, that that's the one thing where I can look at this Dave Haxall situation and be like, okay, maybe I can understand it from Seattle's point. You get him. He hasn't been in the NHL for very long. Obviously, he has um, his haters and the Flyers fans, and I'm sure Toronto fans weren't that happy with him. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't awful over there, but. The only way I can look at the situation and be like, okay, maybe it can work, is you, you grab Hackstall, and he's going to pick his own team now. So, like, the the team that you see on the ice next year, is gonna he's going to have a lot of input on that. So maybe he, the the system that he likes, the defensive, uh, the, the point shots, the defensive overall game that he likes to, to play, he's going to have the players now that he, he's going to have, he, he's going to pick them. So let's see how things work out. I mean... That's the only hope that I'm clinging on to. I mean, not, not hope, but that's the only, you know what I mean. That's the only thing that I can see maybe it can work out. Is he has his his pick of his team and his of his system. See what, see what he does with it. Dude, that would be such a dream come true if he just went to that war room and was like, yeah, I just want to take JVR. I like that guy. Good player. I, oh, my God, that'd well, be sweet. think about it. He, he loves, I mean, it's something that we've always complained about since he was the coach here, the defensive point shots. I mean, how many times did you say on the pod, Gudis would just shoot the puck. He wouldn't care if it got blocked. Like, he would just shoot it, and he didn't care. And I don't know if that was Gudis or if that was he was being told to do it, but if you look at a system that Dave Axel likes to play, and he loves those point shots, who's one of the best players in the league at doing it, and even though he gets a lot of hate and – in, in, in Flyers land, but JVR is an extremely good net front present uh, presence. So yeah, that dude, that'd be awesome. I mean, that's another reason why the Hackstall uh, signing over there it could be huge for us. Yeah, could it's be. so intriguing because like if he went to any other team, it's definitely not this interesting just because no. the expansion draft alone. Uh, I wonder. I, too. I wonder if he goes out of his way to try to uh, be petty or something <laughs> like that. Like and, like just. just grab nak and be like fuck you guys i'm not helping you out at all yeah i mean you have to you have to wonder what his input is going to be i mean you got ghost who's probably going to be unprotected too so yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of crazy scenarios that could could happen but i'm 
I'm going to put in my head that he's just going to take NAK so I don't get my hopes up. So I'm not screaming and devastated when it is NAK and be like, oh, I thought it was going to be JVR. Or I thought it was going to be Vorch. Like, I'm not going to hang on to that hope, Danny. I refuse to let myself get excited that we're going to get that kind of money off the books. Oh, yeah, definitely don't get your hopes to. I'm to not. I'm not. I'm not. The way this team <laughs> operates, nothing ever goes our way. I mean, the one year we get the number two overall pick. Stop. And then in the other year, we get the number two overall pick. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad luck. It's insane. I was just talking to my dad about that last night while we were watching the Tampa game. And that's exactly what we were just talking about, too. I mean, like, we get the number two overall pick back all the way then, and it turns out to be JVR. JVR is a great player, but he's not Patrick Kane. And then we get it in uh, 2017, and everybody knows what happened then. It's crazy. It's something that I feel like we're never going to stop talking about until we get like that kind of player. In a, you know what I mean? Like Until we finally get somebody. I feel like all the high draft picks we get are just not what they're made out to be. <laughs> Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, there, when was the last time we've drafted it, a high overall, too? I mean, we get a lot of late-round steals. I mean, like, a guy who's supposed to be a stud that Fair is just outside of pro overall. Faraby, yeah. I mean, like, I'm talking I know, I, I know you highly, mean. highly touted. Like, Faraby, we knew he could be good, but I mean, like, a guy who we think is going to be a star. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's been tough, bro. <laughs> it's been tough, but we'll see. We'll see how things play out. I'm excited for this offseason. I mean, things have already been kind of kicked off with uh, Arvidsson over there in Nashville. I yeah, like I guess it. I guess we'll get into that one a little bit. That's a great move for the Kings, dude. It's a great move. He shoot first kind of winger. Uh, what is he? Two years removed from the thirty, uh, the thirty goal year. I think I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I mean that's a. I mean, and it only costs what a second and then a third next year. So. Yeah, he has three years left on. I think a four point five million dollar deal. That's not too bad, especially for a team who's kind of retooling like the Kings are. Yeah, he has. He his cap hit. His AAV is four point two five, and yeah, that's not bad, man. It's not bad at all. Like, I, I really don't. He had 10, 15, 25 in 50 games this year. So that's a good move. I'm not trying to be that guy. So they're like, oh, Chuck's, Chuck's sitting there doing Why, nothing today. every day. move that yeah. they don't make? Yeah. But, like, I would have I would have liked Arvison. I really would have. I think he fits the Flyers well. Yeah. I think he would have fit AV system well. See, you say that. And, like, that was one of the first things that I was going to say when we out on that pod. Like, can't wait until like every move that is made this offseason is followed by like Flyers yeah. fans screaming it's about it. Like we can't go out and grab every guy that's gonna be out there. But I feel like this is one of the moves that I uh, is kind of justified. Like that's exactly what we needed. Exactly. Like a top he maybe not a top six forward anymore. He's declined a little bit. I mean he's two years removed from the thirty goal. Uh, the 30 goal season, 18-19, he had 34 goals, but that's like a middle six shoot first scoring ringer is exactly what we needed. 4.25 million. I mean, like the the cap room is the only excuse that like I, I can think of. But like even then, like we, it, it could have been done. It could have been done. Playoff experience too. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing that this told me is like we, it, have, it, we have cap room. I don't even know what I'm talking about. If we were unwilling to. I mean, I don't even know if Chuck is even called about Arvidsson, but like, if we were unwilling to match this year's second and next year's third, that that leads me to believe that he's he's really working on a deal for Jones, honestly, and maybe he's just lumping all of his potential at like he doesn't want to trade away a bunch of assets that that he's gonna need for the Jones trade, maybe. And I maybe that's maybe his foot is just his feet are just too dipped into the 
the Jones talks right now? I, because... I don't know. I mean, right now we're just making up, like, little excuses for him. But, like, they have $13 million in cap space right now, and that's without re-signing any of Sandheim, Morin, if they decide to do it, Hart, any of the restricted free agents. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he is looking at something else, but I Arvison would have been a nice a nice get. And I <laughs> I feel like the – the, oh, the Flyers could have been in on this is kind of justified with this one. With, with this one. We're going to see a lot more of it with a lot of other players that, that go throughout this offseason, which happens every offseason. But I think this one's justified. They definitely could have made a move for him. And, like, we've traded with Chuck, especially as the GM of the Flyers, has traded with Nashville before. So that connection is there. They know each other. Like we and, and we've inquired about Ryan Ellis earlier in the year. We yeah. made a couple phone calls about him. So the conversations are being had, and it makes me wonder if, if – if we inquired about it. I would like to know. Bill Meltzer was asked about it. He said he had no idea. I would like to know. I really would like uh, to know if we, we at least made a phone call. We traded two seconds for Justin Braun. So you're yeah. telling me they weren't willing to trade whatever, I mean, trade that for Arvison? Come on. But, yeah, I, I would have loved to know that, too. I mean, I, I, I've i seen the, the rumors around Twitter, people talking about, oh, I would have loved Arvison, but I haven't. I don't think I saw an actual rumor, like, linking the two, but... Still, yeah, I haven't for there, sure. There are um, there are other wingers like shoot first wingers that you can go out and get. That I mean, like something that I keep going back to. Chuck traded for Nat Niskanen, and I, I hate bringing Niskanen in the situation up because like, it was a perfect fit. Blah blah blah. But like, he went out and got Niskanen, and like he definitely wasn't our first thought, especially me. I mean, I definitely didn't have him in mind. But like, not everybody's first thought when he was traded here. It wasn't. The play it wasn't the best move in some people's eyes, but it worked out. And like maybe he's doing another situation, another situation like that where he's looking at a guy that maybe not all of us are thinking of. But when he does trade for that guy, we look at it and we're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Like why wasn't I looking at this guy? That's a pretty good fit pro probably. We'll see. I'm gonna like like I said on on multiple pods. I'm gonna let this this play out before I start screaming. I mean, it's July first. It's the the very beginning. I mean, it just started. Like this, the the off season is is a, a newborn, Danny. Yeah, you I mean you harped on it the last couple episodes that the Stanley Cup final is literally still happening. <laughs> like yeah. it has, the Stanley Cup hasn't been handed out yet, so it's not time to panic. And I know this is uh kind of rough for me to say on a day where Arvinson gets dealt but like yeah we just got to be patient like no big like this Jones trade if it's gonna happen it's gonna be before the before the draft it's gonna be before the draft but it's not it's not gonna be like in the next couple days I don't think you know like the way they were making it sound like it's coming close flyers are really working at it I still think it's gonna be a couple weeks if that's where to go through I think it's gonna be like the week of draft or a week or two before probably I don't think it's gonna be in the coming future what, the Jones trade? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see with it. I mean, Columbus has got to trade him sooner rather than later. They they have zero leverage with that situation. I mean, that's something that we'll get into a little bit later, but they really have zero leverage in that, that Seth Jones situation. I mean, him telling them, being like, hey, I'm not resigning with you guys, like straight up, hurts them so bad. And, and the fact that GMs know that, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode. It definitely does not help them whatsoever. Should we just get right into the Pronman package? I mean... Yeah, we can. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. But first, we have a question about Jones from Jack. So I'll just start that one off. He said, What will it take for the Flyers to get Seth Jones if they don't want to move Faraby? And then, so let's pull up the Pronman package and then we'll work at a package that we think is fair. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You have it up. Yeah. So the the prominent package. I'm pretty sure the tweet like just went up or the article or whatever it was. Uh, it was Phil Myers, Morgan Frost, Zade Wisdom, and a first for Seth. And that was the Flyers package. So, what's your first initial reaction on that? Well, I saw even in the article, one of his fellow colleagues kind of not scoffed at it, but was like, I wouldn't take this if I was Columbus. Like, you would absolutely have to nail that first-round pick for it to be worth it. Mm. And, dude, this might be orange-colored glasses, but we were talking about it before the show, and it's like, I'm not trying to sit here and say that, uh, like, oh, Frost and Wisdom are untouchable, or Myers is untouchable, no. but, like, it does seem like just... Especially if he's unsure about the extension with the Flyers, it seems like a little lot. It's it just, and that's just me being honest. We said it before we hit record. If 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 we get a hundred percent confirmation that Seth Jones is signing an extension with us, I'm I'm completely willing to give that up. That's I mean, yeah. you have to give up good players to get good players. I'm a, I'm probably the biggest Morgan Frost fan in Philadelphia. Maybe I'm with a couple other people, but like, I understand that like. He's been hurt last couple years. He really hasn't had his chance to, to really show himself, honestly. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear about patience. But, like, he, that kid has, what, 22 games to his NHL career in, like, two seasons? He really has not been able to have an extended look in the NHL and really show what he has. But, like, you have to trade good players to get good players. And if it's 100% confirmation that he signed an extension, yeah, I think I'd make that trade. I think I, I really would. And I, I, I've seen people... I've seen some people say that's not enough on it's not enough for Columbus. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, I'm already buying into the fact that it's that it's enough for like it's enough on our side. You know what I mean? Like, we're not giving up too much, so I'm already accepting that. And you're gonna turn around and be like, "Oh, it's not enough for Columbus. Get the fuck out of here!" You guys are already strapped as it is. We're already giving up a, a lot for a player who already told you I'm not resigning. We're giving up a lot for a player who that you have no leverage for now. If like I said, if that turns around and, and Seth Jones is resigning with us, that completely changes the situation. Then you're just trading for Seth Jones for the next eight years. Then, then you can really put some uh, value there. Then I don't mind trading that. You know, what I, yeah, it, it depends all on on the extension. If, if if there's still a question on him extending, and we trade that, and like we have Seth Jones, and like then rumors start coming out, oh, he doesn't know if he wants to. Sign extension. He might want to just play this year with the Flyers and see where things go. Then, like, I'm like, oh fuck. Like, we're we gonna lose this guy after giving up all we just gave up. Like, that would suck. But you take the you take the chances to become better, man. I agree. It's like they're not. They're far. This is far from the same deal. But I think we're we're banking on the same kind of thing that we did with Niskanen, where it's like yeah. you pair him with a high level guy like Provorov, and he's just gonna fit like a glove in the system and bounce back. And I think that also kind of tinkers with columbus's leverage because i mean we we say it all the time he's a great player but he did have a down year so the people who hate on him they're right about that he did have a down year down couple I years mean, like if you look at it from a, a bird's eye view he, he did have a down couple years but on the same on the same side we've already come out and be like okay he look at the situation that he was in look what he was playing with i i don't think it's that big of a deal with that but it still happened for sure and I think it, it, it diminishes his trade value, albeit slightly. Slightly. not It's still like Seth Jones. You're still getting a 26-year-old defenseman who can skate like the wing. As big as he is, he loves contact, but like he can log huge minutes. So you're still getting a really good player who's entering his prime. I mean, 26 is young for a defenseman, and he's a right-handed shot. So. You remember when the one-for-one one Ryan Johansson for Seth Jones, Nashville and Columbus? 
the deal I'd sent Jones yeah. to Columbus? I, yeah, I think I do, faintly. And I remember when, when that deal first happened, shortly after Nashville goes to the finals with Johansson, he gets mm-hmm. injured before the finals, but he was a pivotal part of the first couple of rounds. And I remember in the moment, oh, and that was right after they traded uh, Subban Weber too. So yeah. everyone was thinking they were winning all these trades because they made it to the final. And then those those trades are aging so poorly. Yeah. I mean, do you want to bring up, like everyone keeps bringing up the Eric Carlson trade. Like, I, uh, I've seen that be brought up to compare the two, and I just don't see it. I just don't see the correlation. Why are you bringing up that con- that trade? The, the correlation. It makes it, no it's sense. Not the, the point of it was that there is no, no correlation. Yeah. But the I've point seen... of it is Eric Carlson is such a higher caliber of player than Seth Jones, and that's the package he got What in a year where he said he wasn't going to re- or he wasn't going to get a deal, so the leverage was diminished. That's why it's it's kind of correlated. Because basically what we're saying is like it should be less than yeah. what so Carlson they got. got. So, Eric Carson was traded to the Sharks for Chris Tierney, Rudolph's Balsers, Dylan DeMello, the rights to Joshua Norris, a first-rounder in 2019 or 2020, and then a second round in 2019 and then two conditional picks. Chris Tierney has had four, had 48 points in 18-19, uh, 37 points in 19-20, and then 19 points last year. Balsers had 14 points in 18-19, 3 points in 20, 9 points last year. DeMello has had 20 points, 18-19, 10 points in 19-20, and then now he plays for Winnipeg. He doesn't even play for Ottawa anymore, and then he had nine points last year. The only player that they got that you can look at and be like, okay, they got some really good value, was the the rights to Joshua Norris, who just finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting, and 17 goals, 18 assists, 38 points. So that's what they got for Eric Carlson, who prior to being traded had two Norrises. In 2012 and 2015, it was one of the best defensemen in the league, like a generational defenseman, and that's what he got in a year that he wasn't that he told Ottawa he wasn't resigning. I'm about to throw a slight wrench in this, but it's it's just because say um, Ottawa made a great pick. They got a little lucky because San Jose got bad after they made that trade, and it ended up becoming Stutzel, bro. Yeah, it ended up becoming Stutzel. Awesome, so, like, awesome trade if you look at it. <laughs> Absolutely, but like in the moment when they made the trade, the Sharks were contenders. So like it was when they made the trade. It was it, I know like this is yeah. I mean they they were shows. adding him to make yeah. I know what you're saying then. Yeah, it was going to be what everyone thought a twenty to thirty one overall pick. No one thought it was going to be pick three. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. just luck. And I don't want people to sit here and be like, oh, they're trying to say that like Seth Jones is bad or blah blah blah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. You can't compare the two trades because the players are just completely different players. Especially like Carlson was coming off one of the best. He, he was coming off a nine goal, fifty three assists, sixty two points in seventy one games the year before he was traded. The last year he was with Ottawa, he had sixty two points in seventy one games. Dude, I remember watching him that whole year. He was a beast. And honestly, so, like, I really wish they would have beat the Penguins in that ECF. Like I was pulling for them so hard. They had game seven, it was one one stupid shot that went in. I mean, they really could have pulled that one out there. I remember watching. I was down to shore. That was a crazy, crazy game. But like we said, I I I really don't think the package is going to cost that much. Am I willing to give that up for Seth Jones if he's extend if he's extending with us? Yeah, but I, I really don't think it's going to cost that much. That's a lot. I mean, it's not a lot. Phil Myers had a down year. Morgan Frost, like, I mean, I just went over Morgan Frost. Zade Wislam is, I mean, that's a that's a piece you look at. He had an incredible, incredible D-plus one year. I mean, 
he wasn't even supposed to be playing in the AHL, and he put up the numbers that he did. So we'll see. Every we'll day see. they don't deal him. We as like we always say, it's just gonna get worse. I'm not saying I'm not willing to 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 pull the trigger on that trade. I'm just saying, uh, could we uh do it for less? But if we can't, like if that's exactly if that's the going rate, 100, percent and Chuck cannot come down anymore, and he's extending with us. I'm doing the trade, man. I'll drive Frost to the airport. On, I, I will be sad, but I will drive him to the airport. I know you have to trade good players, some good prospects to get a good player in here. And if I won't be that sad once we get a number three Seth Jones jersey in here, you know what I mean? Like he's a good player. I, I could just picture. He makes it, dude. the defense better. And like if you look at that trade, if that's really all it costs to get him here, and he extends, you got rid of. Phil Myers, who was a everyday player for you, Morgan Frost could have been an everyday player for you. I truly believe that if he's not traded in this offseason, that he will be a pretty not not a huge part, but he will be a, a an everyday player for the Flyers. Was Aid Wisdom was going to be a good player? He's a good prospect in that first round pick, so we'll see. Yeah, and like Pradman said, Wisdom, although he's showing sparks, he's nothing like spectacular. Like you can trade him, and you wouldn't. I mean, I, be fearful that he's going to become some kind of superstar or anything. You could look at it this way. You could look at it in Columbus's way. You're gonna give me Phil Myers, who had a pretty down year, a pretty bad year, if we're gonna be honest. Uh, Morgan Frost, who extremely, extremely talented, tore up the junior league. Like you can see the talent with him, but can't stay healthy. Hasn't played hockey and a year and a half, two years, honestly. Like, hasn't played consistent hockey in a pretty long time. And then you're going to hand me an 18, 19-year-old kid and then a first-round pick. Like, I could see it as, like, uh, like that's not enough. But then you look at it our side with the with the orange goggles and we're like, we're giving up Phil Myers, Morgan, you know what I mean? So I can see it in both ways. But I I feel like you can maybe do, get it for less. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays I out, I wonder bro. if we have the best package available. Like, I wonder what Chicago – in LA would be willing to offer. Well, LA is making moves, dude. So we'll see. Yeah, they're going to push themselves right back into relevancy again. I saw the tweets all day. They're about to lap the flyers. They're about to lap. That. You might be right. Might be right. They might lap the flyers. Could you imagine? Uh, at big yoin says obvious uh, outside of the obvious names, Jones, Hamilton, etc. Who are some of the players you'd like to see old Chucky boy go after? I miss the pod boys. Hope all is well. There are there are a couple. Like, I would like to see Chuck go after if he doesn't resign with Florida. The defense uh, he was he used to be he used to uh, Montour. If he doesn't sign with Florida, I would like to add him as like a middle pairing defenseman. I mean, he's a right-handed shot, so we'll see how that plays out. But I, I think he's talking to Florida. I think he wants to stay there. But if that doesn't work, I mean, it's a situation that I would like for them to keep an eye on. I, all, I did see rumors that they're apparently keeping an eye on uh, Adam Larson's contract discussions going over there in, in Edmonton. So, how do you feel about that? Because, like, I'm kind of iffy on that whole Adam Larson. Not, not really a fan. And yeah. to be honest, I kind of laughed when I saw it because I was like, that's classic Flyers. Isn't it, it though? It's, oh, my God. That is so classic Flyers. You have your the pick of just so many better guys to target. I feel like, it, like it's just... like. Okay, so Mark Spector on Twitter tweeted out the Flyers are, are, are closely watching the negotiations between Adam Larson and Edmonton. 
Um, if you don't know who Adam Larson is, he was traded one for one for Taylor Hall. He was a part of that whole thing. Uh, signed a six-year, $25 million deal with New Jersey on uh, July 25th in 2015. So 4.16 AAV. He hasn't scored above 20 points since 2017. I mean, the last time he scored 20 points was 2018. So, I mean, he's not known for his offensive input but I mean he's like you said he's not my number one option if we're like late July and we're looking at options and we haven't filled that middle pairing like Chuck maybe wants to do then I can see maybe looking at that if he isn't re-signing with Edmonton or if talks have stalled but that's definitely not my number one option not at all but I just was curious about your your thoughts on that um and one thing about potential guys I would like, we talked about them last episode, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to throw out a, a dream scenario. A trade with Columbus in which we get Seth Jones and Corpus Allo. I mean, yeah, that's that's fucking... That's, Two birds with one stone, <laughs> baby. That's ideal, dude. I mean, like you said 10 minutes ago, maybe Chuck's just working on a deal. That's what he's busy right now. He's busy doing that. I mean, that's the, that's the hope that we'll cling on to as Flyers fans. That he's doing that. He could be sound asleep by eight o'clock every every night, getting ready for the expansion draft. But he could be just waiting for the expansion draft to see what he's doing to make that big move. People were like screaming about him not making a move yet. Could be waiting to see like if a eight million dollar, seven million dollar player is taken off his his boards before he uh, decides to make his imprint on the team. I don't know. I don't know. But all I do know is that moves will be made and that we have to be patient. As much as people do not want to hear the word patient right now, especially after a season that we had. I mean, yeah, it does suck. It like sucks. I feel like and like we're waking up every too. day, especially when you see teams in the playoffs like winning. Like you're 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 seeing other teams be successful. You're watching other teams make moves. Like Montreal. And we're just sitting here doing nothing. Montreal made some solid moves this offseason, man, looking back on. It. I would love to go get Alec Martinez. I mean, I know like 12 teams are going to be calling that guy's agent. So, I mean, we're not going to be the only team calling about him. If, uh, I mean, Dougie Hamilton, we'll see. What, uh, Chicago apparently is looking to move Duncan Keith to make room for uh, Hamilton. I saw that rumor. That's interesting. I wonder who would take Duncan Keith. Like, I wonder who's in the running to take a Duncan Keith on right now. Like, what kind of team would want him? A team that way like to just have a veteran to teach some young guys something or, or, or a winning team would like to bring him on. That's what that's what I would like to know, honestly. Is there anyone yeah, in the running to trade for him that, off the start? That's interesting because I would think about like a team like Ottawa. Would they look to add him, like a, a guy to come in there and like kind of show the kids how to how to be an everyday NHL player because like, he's on the back end of his career. He, may, he, he It's not crazy. He only makes 5.5. He has two years left. So it's not like you look at it and you're like, oh, that – he doesn't doesn't end till twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. It's two years at five point five. It's manageable, especially if they eat some money. If they eat some money, that's definitely movable. You can definitely team like Ottawa that can want that wants to add a, a middle pairing guy to, to to show the young kids. I could definitely yeah, see two, two years to and you think about it like Ottawa the way they're trending. I'm not saying they're going to be like a contender in a couple of years, but they might be able to crack the playoffs in two years from now. Yeah. So like if if they get him, maybe they spend one year with him. He's building the culture, helping the young guys. Maybe the second year they're a feel good story that makes that cracks the playoffs and maybe he comes up big. They got a ton of uh, they got a ton of young players that are going to be really really good over there. They're fun to watch too. Like they play hard. There's a they lot do. of bad teams. 
that are just like they don't play hard. It's not there. Like the Flyers, See, honestly. This the thing year. with Ottawa was like this year they knew. I mean, not just this year, but for this year and previous years, they know that they're not going to be in the playoffs. So they just go out there and play hockey. You know what I mean? Like just go out there. You don't have to think about being bad or making a mistake. Go out there and play because you know you're not going to be that good. You know you're not going to be in the playoffs or anywhere near it. So just go out there and, and play. And like you see Ottawa playing loose. You see them playing hard and just playing hockey. It's fun to watch. Same thing with the, the Detroit a little bit. Detroit's kind of in the same boat. They were fun to watch this year as well. I, I generally enjoyed turning on a Detroit game because they got a bunch of young players over there. Bertuzzi's fun. Larkin's fun to watch. They're going to have Cider next year. So, I mean, it's going to be fun to tune into Detroit games for sure. Dude, honestly, just as a hockey fan, and I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, like the NHL is just better when Detroit is in the mix. Yeah. I don't know, like the, I don't know what it is about that brand. I don't know. It might be all the winning. It might be all the, the legendary teams that they had. But there's something about the Detroit Red Wings when they're good. Like, when I go back and watch those old uh, 2008, 2009 finals games against the Penguins, yeah. like, those were some of the, the best of games I've ever seen. The yeah, oh, my God. It's, I like their uh, – I love the Joe Lewis Arena, although they're in yeah. a different arena now. I like the, the horn, mm-hmm. although it's a little different now. But I know what you mean, yeah. That entire atmosphere was incredible. Like – I wish we can get back to an era where we wear white. See, I don't hate Detroit, and they were good. We were watching the game last night, and I like I genuinely do not like Montreal. And my dad was like, why don't you like Montreal? And I was like, maybe it's back when I was like 10, 11 years old, and we were versing them in 2010, and we were on the run to the Stanley Cup final. Where I remember like the games in Montreal, those hard-fought games. I just the, the, the crowd, I did the horn. I, I, I hate them. I, I don't know. It's just... I don't know what it is about them. I just don't like them. I'm glad they're down 2-0. I really am. It's just the same thing. With, like the, Detroit was so good for so long, but I didn't hate them. Like You know how like, Tampa's starting to reach that point where like they're so good to like you have to start hating them? Because like, before it was yeah. fun watching a team like be that skillful and like, just be that good. But now it's they've like gotten a little less skill and like have added some pretty good bottom, like Goudreau and... and, and and uh, Coleman. So, like, now they're starting to get to a point where, like, it's like, fuck Tampa. Like, they're too good. Dude, you watch some of the plays they make in open space, and I'm like, I yeah, I don't gross. see that on my gross. hockey team. Kucherov disgusting. He, he Kucherov makes some plays where he's entering the offensive zone, and he, like, like, swings back and, like, makes a spin move and, like, creates his own space and then whips it across. He, he's insane, dude. He, he really is. He threw a couple of uh, hip, hip checks, too. Good, good to see that hip's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's a fun player. That team's insane, dude. They're EASHL team, dude. The you want to hear a, a a crazy little tidbit from a LeBron article that came out a couple days ago? Yeah. And I quote: He said one crazy rumor that popped my way was this week's via two league sources is that the ABS were kicking around the idea of renting out Seth Jones for a year in a trade with Columbus and going all in for the cup next year. <sighs> Could you imagine? I could. That's like I could see us like being in it to the very end and then wait uh, ripped from us. Like, dude, that's just how it goes. Well, them just like being like, okay, we can throw in that extra maybe prospect or that extra draft pick because we don't care because we're that close to a cop that maybe Philly wouldn't want to. I don't know, but yeah, that would suck. And that is the one place where he said he would. Well, actually, that's uh, not even true. That quote that came out. His mom came out and said that was completely false. The, the Colorado thing. Yeah, but yeah, if it yeah. were we, to be true, we that is that. the team. 
Danny, where do they pivot if they don't land Jones? Because there's zero, there's zero news and traction with Hamilton. Apparently, like that's not even in their in their eyesight. Like, where do you go, Dumba? Like, there's not any other, there's not another player that's been rumored. I mean, we could sit here and, and come up with players that we think maybe they could trade for that are like pending unrestricted free agents or a pending restricted free agent that maybe that current team doesn't want to sign. But like, there's nobody else besides Jones, Hamilton, the the little rumors of Dumba. Who else? Fucking Edmund Larson. I mean, he doesn't. He has to approve that. Basically, he has to walk Arizona through that trade, hold their hand through that entire trade. So, like, a lot of ifs. Yeah, I was actually gonna bring that up to you as well. What you just asked me. What happens? <laughs> like where do you get... pivot? Yeah, exactly. I was gonna bring that up at the beginning of the episode because it's like it seems with all the rumors flying around, and the fact that our hand doesn't seem to be in any of the other pots. It, it's like. It seems like we're putting all of our eggs in this basket, and they, they kind of put themselves in a little uh, situation with the fan base now, where if if they don't do it, there's going to be backlash. And even uh, yeah. if even if the reason because they don't do it is because he won't sign an extension or the deal's too much, the Flyers fans won't want to hear that. Like we've already had our names so entrenched to this. That I bet I bet ninety percent of the fan base already thinks he's he's coming. I do honestly. The rumors that come out, I think he's going to be a flyer. But by, see, by like I don't want. To put that in my head, like, do I think he's coming? No, I, I'm. I'm not gonna say that because like, rumors are. Ru- I, I. I'm just not gonna put that in my head. You, like, I. I don't want you to think that, Danny. Like, get that out of your head. I don't want you to. Well, think I have that's- to. They, they haven't given me anything else to think of. They haven't given me any other player that they're in on as head. When you have NHL rumors daily, Elliot Freeman, everyone backing the same point that the Flyers are trying to make this work with Jones. Like in hockey. Uh, I want that to happen. There's so many times where I see Elliot Freeman tweet, Colorado is working on a trade with such and such, and then it usually happens mm-hmm. after a little bit. Like it's the Pierre-Luc Dubois, Patrick Laine trade. It, it was worked out for a little bit, but it, it eventually happened. It was rumored for a little bit. And it's like... Inedible kind of thing, yeah. It might not be, though. Flyers fans are going to be made either way. Well, I'm talking about the, the, the Laine situation where it was just inedible. Like, that was just going to happen. Yeah, Winnipeg... I just don't want to put my hopes up because, like, I really, I'm gonna go back to the point that I made in the beginning of the episode. Um, if if they don't land Jones and then like they're not in O'Hamilton, I'm hoping that there's a player out there that we're not thinking of. Because if not, I'm 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 kind of panicking because I don't want them to turn around if they miss out on Jones and then Hamilton and then Dumba, they want too much for Dumba or whatever, and then they go out and sign. Barry to be Provorov's partner, then I'm like, oh fuck, like that's not it. <laughs> Maybe as like a second pairing guy, but it, to to replace part up uh, to put with Provorov, no. Yeah, I could easily see them being like oh, Jonathan Bernier, Adam Larson, Casey Sezikis, run it back. Like, like just so. Like, oh, and if that's wow, the case, I, I'd be down bad. I'd be down bad. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. But if it was like Alec Martinez as like the second. Even, like, how about Alec Martinez to pair a Provera? How would you feel about that? Because like, I feel like that's another Niskanen situation where, like, maybe it's not the number one guy. He's Maybe he's not a number one. He's definitely not a number one defenseman, clear-cut number one guy. But his style of play, the way he can play defensively and let his partner kind of play offensively, maybe that's a, a route that you could look at. But, but I, I would look at Martinez as more of a middle-pairing guy. But I don't know, man. There's a lot of question marks right now. Like we said, it's July 1st, so it's – off-season's a newborn. 
and he um how bad is his injury like that that kind of worries me i don't want to thrust him right back into a top pairing role he has a broken foot doesn't he yeah he did play yeah he did play on a broken foot in the playoffs yeah that's I the mean, one thing that does well. worry me he played well i mean he'll be fine by training camp it's just a broken foot I mean, hockey players are always fine and they play, but like they kind of stick it out. But their play is always like a little diminished. Like I'm sure we're gonna see it with Hayes next yeah. year. I mean, I don't want to say like he'll be okay. Just a broken foot. Like, anything can go wrong. God forbid. But like, I'm hoping that it's just a broken bone and it'll heal. But you know what I mean? Yeah, but it, yeah, it throws so many things out of whack. Because all summer now he can't yeah. work yeah, out yeah. and train for sure. Like we could look at him, but we had a great year, but him coming off an injury, he might not have the same year. But I, I could definitely see. Maybe as the middle pairing guy, he'd be fine. So we'll see with the whole situation. But if they if they of- somehow pulled off a Jones Martinez off season, <laughs> that you got me back. Yeah, you got you got. I'm, I'm I mean I'm never gonna leave, but like you got me back like orange colored goggles, full blown. <laughs> Give me something, Danny. Like we need a move. Like I, I need a guy in here, and I, I think we'll see it. I definitely think we'll see. It. I think this is going to be one of the biggest off seasons in a while for sure. I mean, I feel like we see like we see maybe say that a lot, but I think this is going to be it. I think this is going to be when Chuck puts his fingerprint on this team finally. Are we moving that pick? Are we? I don't want it, Dan. I, I honestly like as the days go by, and as more and more me and you talk hockey on and off mic, I don't want that fucking pick. I really don't. Like, there are some good players that I think are going to fall to 13. I think there are going to be some players that we, that I personally didn't think are going to, are going to go top 10 that are going to go top 10. Like, I think Cole Sillinger might be there at 13. He's probably one of the best shooters in the draft class, but I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I, I get rid of the pick. Let's go get a guy. Let's go get a guy that can help our team now. Yeah, and like we're big Dev Camp guys. We we love watching prospects. Dude, play I'll go all, watch. But... The, I'll watch Dayernay and and York next year and be completely content with myself. Completely Absolutely. content and Forrester, if he's back in time with his shoulder issue, I'll be completely fine watching those guys play hockey. I like I'm, I'm cool with not having a first round pick this year if that means we bring in a player or. Honestly, dude, if it helped move a contract, but we'll see how that goes with the expansion draft. I definitely want to do like a live show for that. The more and more I'm thinking about it, like the more and more I'm thinking about what you said, like I think the expansion draft is like we'll do it for the actual draft, but I think the expansion draft is like the one draft that we should do. Definitely, you know what I mean? I definitely think we should do it. Because I think our pick might get moved that night. Yeah, something might happen that night. I think personally. So, yeah, I would hate to, like, not do one for the expansion draft, then our pick gets moved, and then there's no reason to do the regular draft one. <laughs> that would suck. That, um, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that would be really bad. But, I'm so excited for the expansion draft. I was really excited for the Vegas one, too. We, we were actually down the shore together for that one. What, I, was very, I was very excited for that. Uh, there's something about the expansion draft that feels so like it's fun. NHL 21 GM mode to me, <laughs> and it's fun. Like you know, it's, it's, it's like fantasy hockey. Yeah, mode. it's when you uh, click GM mode, and it's like you want to use the fantasy draft or like the current team, and you click fantasy draft because you're like fried up, and it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. just like draft Crosby first overall. And yeah, McKinnon. Yeah, dude. It's funny. McKinnon second overall or some shit. But before we talk about anything else, do you want to just go over the RFAs and UFAs just so like we know, real quick? Yeah, throw him out there. All right, so the RFAs, Nolan Patrick, we all know the kind of season he had. Four goals, five assists, nine points, minus 30 in 51 games. 
he's on a qualifying offer, so he's not making that much money. That that's like a like we haven't even touched on Nolan Patrick. We haven't even touched on Shane Gossespierre being moved. Like that's another move that could potentially happen within the next couple of days. Honestly, the ghost could be could not be a flyer with like tomorrow. Honestly, it could happen at any moment. Um, Carson Torinsky, he's in a restricted free agent. Zero goals, zero assists, zero points, and minus three. Uh, he's on the ELC, so we'll see how that goes. Travis Sanheim, RFA, three goals, 12 assists, 15 points in 55 games. He signed a two-year bridge deal in 2019. We remember that. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, Sanheim's one of them. One of them guys where it's like, how much more is he really gonna get? Well, what kind I saw of some deal? people throwing out some some crazy. So didn't you? I forget. We said it to each other. Someone said he was gonna get like four to five mil. And I was like, no, dude, he's not gonna get five four, mil. He's not getting five. Four million. to five. Someone said like three point five to five mil range. I, I was like, he was not mm. getting. I mean, he is ma- He is making three point two five now. And I could see him maybe getting a little bit bump, marginal raise, marginal raise because of like the place that the Flyers did put him in. He did play some top four minutes. I mean, he played top four minutes most of le- most of the pre-COVID year, right? Like when we were actually really good and like humming him, him and Myers. Remember, they were like a really good pair for like a really sh- good stretch of the season. So like, they were the top four guys for a little bit. And then last year, even though it wasn't the best year, he did play in the top four. It's a marginal raise, but like five million, four point five million? No, I don't see it. No, I'll, I, unless that's unless they go. The, the max deal with Sanheim. If they, if they look at Sanheim, they're like, what we've seen of Travis has been the worst of the worst. We're going to lock him up long-term and give him like a, a six, seven-year deal. And then maybe I could see the AAV going up, obviously. But fuck no. If, like, I Give him, if you keep him, if you don't trade him and move him, give him a, like a another four or five... Like, not another because he signed a two-year deal, but I would probably look at a four or five-year deal if if he uh, if he uh, stays here. The thing, this is what frustrates me about Sandheim is like when he's going and when he's gliding, like you could see him take over a game sometimes, mm-hmm. like the way he can break in the zone and he has like some scoring ability too. And it's like he's I've crazy frustrating, top bro. shelf. Yeah, and then then there's times where he literally just boards himself. Yeah. Like no one near him, and he just throws himself <laughs> in the boards. And there's also times where you'd like him to be a little. Little less soft. I mean, okay, the the whole soft thing. Uh, who what? Uh, Couturier got. It was last season. It was towards the end of the year too. He got in the offensive zone. He got elbowed in the face, and Sandheim stuck up for him. He obviously like he didn't win the the fight, like the little battle, I guess. But like, at least he did it. You know what I mean? Like he might not be the strongest guy in the world, and you would like Sandheim to be a little bit more aggressive, and like that could be a reason that I could agree with to maybe move him. Like, maybe you want to move him and get a little bit more aggressive because, like, Myers has that snarl to him. Like, we've seen it. He just loses it at times. We've never seen that with Sandheim besides, like, him willing to do it. Like, once he's in there, you, you can tell. He's just not – he's just not physical. He's just not a very – you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. He's just not very – he's willing to do it, and I give him props for that. He's just not going to win a lot of those battles. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like he has that like that snarl, like that dog to him, like where you like where you, if you're yeah. skating up alongside of him or you're out in front of the net, like you know, like a guy like 
like pronger for instance like you know you're taking some some slashes you're getting beat don't don't we all wish our defenseman had the fucking mindset of chris pronger we'd be okay defensively if all all six of our dudes had chris pronger mindset just crush everything that comes your way (laughs) that dude was fucking awesome bro but like, what what kind of contract would you give him? Would you give him another three, two, three year deal? Be like, hey, you didn't prove enough, obviously, but we're not gonna get rid of you. We're gonna keep you around for a little bit. Year, he's a two, three year deal, and then if you come out on the other side better, then we'll sign you to a, a bigger extension. Or do you give him a five, six year deal and be like, okay, maybe you didn't have the best year, but we believe in you. Here's five, six year deal. Let's let's go. Oh, it's so tough. They're putting me in such a tough spot right now because it's like if it's he, a lot of ways if they can he takes go with the it, bridge though. deal and he looks great, he's gonna get the good raise. It's the same situation as as his previous like before he signed this. He might not deal. even be here next year. That's what I'm saying. Like he could definitely him. I said it in my in my articles. We've said it on the pod. Him or I think him or uh, Myers get moved. One of them. I it's think Chuck time. wants to it's shake. Time. I think Chuck wants to shake up that middle. That middle pairing because if you look at it, Provorov's not moving. Obviously, you're going to get the partner for there. You're hoping Cam York makes the team out of camp. I mean, you gave him the three games last year. Um, while the like while the games didn't fucking matter, he looked pretty good doing that. So hopefully, you're banking on him making the team out of camp. You're going to put maybe Justin Braun there, if not Justin Braun, a, a good veteran third pairing guy who can sort of let York do his things and take over the defensive side of the game and then you have the middle pairing and then at if you factor all that into it you, you give Provorov his partner you say York makes the team out of camp and he's partnered with a uh, Braun or another veteran guy that leaves you with Sandheim and Myers in the middle again and like that's just they're not going to do that again I'm not comfortable with it I'm sure Chuck's not comfortable with it we had I mean last year we thought Myers had this we wanted to see him in that top pairing well Provorov obviously that didn't work out and I'm not comfortable with Sanheim Myers going into next year. So I don't I don't think Chuck is either. So I think you definitely see one of them moved, maybe. I we'll see. Uh, yeah, I absolutely think it's time. But we talk about it all the time how you don't draft all of these guys to keep all of them. Mm-hmm. Like you flip some, you then you formulate your team with that. I don't I, I don't think you draft like look at this defensive core and how many guys are homegrown. Yeah. How many guys are just young, homegrown draft picks? And it, I, like the, every time I look at our depth chart, I'm like, I think it's time to flip. I think now's the time we flip. I, I said it uh, even about Lawton towards the end of the deadline yeah. last season. That, I think that was the forward guy we should have flipped. And now I think one of Sandheimer Myers is the defenseman we should flip. Talking about uh, players that should have been, that, that forwards that should have been flipped but signed an eight-year massive extension over there in Edmonton. Not to... Not to sidetrack you at all, but you just said that word and it kind of made me think about it. No, yeah, I would love to get right into this, absolutely, because I think it's one of the stupidest things the Oilers are, and the Oilers always surprise me. I mean, Milan Lucic, Adam Larson, Taylor Hall. Come on. I just don't understand. I mean, I said it to you before we hit record. You have McDavid and Jarosadl, number one and number two in scoring in the NHL, like two generational talents. Could be face like Drossel could be the face of another franchise if he was traded or if he was on a different team. Why you don't need another offensive dynamic like Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't as dynamic as those two obviously, but like he's still pretty. He's an offensive dynamic player, winger. Eight years, 
I mean, like the AAV isn't crazy, but like you, like, you that that was a perfect opportunity to flip Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, I know he was a unrestricted free agent, but before it was a perfect opportunity to flip him for defense, something that you need to 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 go deep in the playoffs behind McDavid and Jarsardo, maybe a goalie. I don't know what you would have done with it, but I really feel like that was a perfect time to flip him and get a, get a defenseman or or get a two way. A good two-way forward, maybe like a, a, a Denault or something like that to help Big David out in the playoffs or help, you know what I mean? Like, get a defenseman in there. Get a star defenseman. Exactly. You already have two just world-class needle movers at forward already. World-class. Who can? If you just get one on the back end, whether it's a goalie or a defenseman, it's insane. You get one needle mover mind. back there. That's just the backbone you need. I mean, we saw it with the Penguins, dude. Like, that's the only backbone you need to, to win. Sometimes it like, really is. Like imagine being a Edmonton Oilers fan and you have guys like Connor McDavid and Drawstyle, and you see your team making moves like this. I'd be mad. I would generally be mad at this. Like, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good player. I'm not arguing that he's good. I would love him on the fly. Honestly, I I think I've talked to you outside of the pod, off off the air, that I would potentially look at. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he's a good player. And if we looked at moving Voracek, where Voracek was selected by uh, Seattle, he, I thought Ryan Nugent Hopkins would have been a nice little shakeup to the top top six uh, winger unit. Honestly, that would have been nice to see. But eight years when you need defensive help, when you got guys like McDavid and Drossardle already, I, I don't understand that. It makes zero sense to me. And I think that's one of the reasons why Edmonton will always be a kind of a, not a basement team, because you have guys like Edmund, uh, McDavid and but like, I don't think they're ever going to go that far unless McDavid and him completely take over and just win a, a cup by themselves, which, which could definitely happen because they're that good. But they're not helping. Dude, I'll tell you, you go out and get them a good to great goalie and watch the difference. Uh-huh. And then get them like a, a just a solid top-pairing defenseman and just watch the difference, dude. It's all it takes. Like those Penguins teams, and like I, like the culture is completely different from organization to organization. But like if we're talking just pure backbone of the team, it was it was two needle movers at forward. You had Kessel for some of the years. I, I guess you could lump him into that needle mover group. And then you had Latang, who was usually hurt most of the time, so he was never really actually moving the needle. But you always had Matt Murray or Mark Andre Fleury snapping, like just snapping, and that was the backbone that they needed. Like, it's just – the Oilers aren't going to go anywhere from just scoring so many goals. Yep. I mean, we t- Tampa learned that pretty quickly when they got slept by Columbus a couple years ago, and they made the, the right adjustments. They added guys like Goudreau, um, some pretty good additions on defense. You got Savard, uh, Coleman. I mean, he's a forward, but they learned their lesson with that. You cannot – skate your way through the NHL playoffs dancing around guys. I mean, you can definitely win games doing that, but you have to you have to grind and in, in the trenches some games and Tampa learned that and now we're looking at the result. It's it's, it's pretty fucking scary to be the honest. Scary, the scariest part about Tampa to Tampa me Tampa is terrifying, Danny. They are oh, so good. But like the cherry on top, like the thing that makes them the most terrifying to me is like say you stop their power play, say you hold them to under 3 goals and Say you finally get past Victor Hedman. Dude, Andre Vasilevsky is so good. Last night was That's the... so unfair, bro. It's unfair. They have the best players at like every position. Every position. Last night was the, the biggest example of that. I mean, 
they completely, uh, Montreal completely outplayed them the entire game. I mean, maybe there were sections where they didn't, but like for the majority of the game, Montreal owned it and they couldn't get past it. Imagine how that was their game to take. Yeah, that was their game to take. Imagine how demoralizing that is. Going into the locker room, be like, you just played your best game, arguably of the playoffs, and you still lost. That buzzer beater goal. Imagine going to the locker room after that. Like, oh, what a backbreaker. You know what the thing about Tampa that amazes me? And I was talking to my dad last night while we were watching the game. They can beat you in any way. You want to play a defensive style kind of game and grind in the trenches like a New York Islander team likes to do? Cool. We'll do that and we'll beat you. You want to play a high scoring, fast paced game like the Florida Panthers like to do? Cool. We'll beat you that way. And now we're seeing them do it in the cup. Like it's, they can beat you in any fashion of the of, of hockey, any kind of any way. It, it's absolutely terrifying. And then the final way they can beat you is by not showing up. And then the goalie just bailing them out. And that's the way we saw last night. Like they did not come out to play, and they still won. They're they're still up two zero. It's scary, and dude. Even- Montreal's advantage in every series has been goaltending, and now it's 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 even. The, like it's dead even. The only advantage Montreal has going into Game Three is that it's going back to Montreal. It's going back home in front of their three three thousand five hundred fans. Oh, by the way, you see their government, dude. That got denied. Oh my God, yep. that is crazy. That is such a joke to me. Crazy. It really is. I mean, now, I don't. I don't know what's going on up there. I don't like. So I can't really like speak on the the capacity limits of their arenas and so on but i will say this though as a montreal fan and as a montreal player and coach when you're going into arenas that are packed like that and then going home to 3500 people i know it's not going to affect the on ice play because the the, the dudes have jobs to do but that's gotta like psychologically fuck with you a little bit right right come on absolutely Full no, packed stadium, beside, and then you go home. It's thirty five hundred people. I mean, I know Canadian in, in a fans way, are loud. It feels unfair, honestly. It feels like an unfair, lopsided advantage. I mean, that's the only thing I Montreal's clinging on to, in my opinion, because last night you just got beat playing arguably your best game of the entire playoffs, and that's saying a lot because Montreal is honestly built for playoff hockey. So they they've had a pretty pretty good last two playoff runs. So. That's demoralizing, man. It really is. It, it really is. T- Tampa's terrifying. So scary. I'm gonna get it's looking like a repeat. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's too well. Anything can happen. Montreal can make a little Cinderella run. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm gonna get into the RFAs just to finish them off because I did. I did stop at Sandy. Uh, we still have Carter Hart to talk about. He's coming off his ELC, 3.67 goals against average last year, 8.77 save percentage. So. We'll see where those conversations go. I, mean, I remember last year being like, oh, that contract might fuck us now. It might actually it, 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 be good it, for Philly. Yeah, so I was going to say, not be too bad. I think, there, his, I think he's going to want a bridge. Oh, he. I mean, he's going to go in looking for a 2-3. The Flyers are going to go in looking for a 4-5, or five, honestly. Maybe a 4, if yeah. I'm the Flyers. So we'll see how that goes. The more years, the better. Yeah, okay. We'll see where that goes. That's a very interesting situation. Pascal LeBurge, three goals, one assist, four points, minus two in 14 games with the Phantoms last year. He's a restricted free agent. We'll see where that goes. I mean, he was an exciting yeah. player. He Injuries, he can never really get things going. But I, I will say this, when he is healthy and he is playing, he's a very fun player to watch. And he did come on towards the end of the Phantom season last year. So I'm excited to see it, where they go with that. Um, 
wouldn't be mad either way, to be honest. But I do think he has some upside, but it's been a mile with that kid. Connor Bonneman, restricted free agent, zero goals, one assist, zero points in 18 games with the Flyers last year. Oh, uh, my God. Con- Connor Bonneman and Carson Terinsky, and it's something that Chris Mayer said, like, last year. And it's always been in the back of my head. What's, what is the fascination with them, too? Like, the constant up and down with them. Up and down, up and down, up There's and down. There's a trust in them that I just... What trust? I think, what are I they think doing? I think it's because they honestly don't do anything special. I think it's just because they slot in, get the puck deep. <laughs> it, like, that has to be it because they don't... Bro, read his stats again. What, Bonneman? Yeah. Um, zero goals, one assist, zero points in 18 games with the Flyers this year. And that's like, not even and that's not even mentioning previous years. Like we couldn't get a goal? We couldn't get a goal, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. Don't understand the fact and if if he comes back, you best believe he'll be bouncing up and down again. Just like last time. I have nothing against those two as as people. I'm sure they're great great human beings, but I mean, I'm tired of the up and down with that. I agree with Chris Mayer if you're listening. The the, the infatuation with those two guys is just extremely annoying and then you have Damn. guys screaming about frost getting ice time but we, we've seen Terinsky and bonneman have like three years of up and down and we've seen nothing this kid has 22 games a year and a half of COVID, not playing blah 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 and dudes are ready to call that kid a bust but that's a different conversation uh david casa he signed in prague he's playing in his hometown czech republic um so he will not be with the team I mean, they could uh, tender him and just offer him a qualifying offer to keep his rights. Um, I'm restricted free agents. You got Sam Morin, Big Sam, Elliot, Lyon, and then you got the AHL guys, Andrioff, Pouliot, Wilderspoon, Prosser, and Chris Begris. But we'll see where they go with the unrestricted. Elliot's probably not going to be backed. Obviously. Morin would like as a seven. Like I, th- I, I said I, that before. I said it in my, my article. He wants to be back, Danny. Like he actively said that he wants to be in Philly. He said that he thinks Philly needs a guy like him, which is 100% true. It's kind of – honestly, he said it publicly in an interview, and it's probably the exact thing he said or he's going to say in the negotiation room. Like, his agent, like, you need a guy like me. You need a number seven who can come in here for maybe the minimum, $900,000 or, or, or a mil to – to be that big bruiser who can beat the shit out of somebody if they're messing with our team or that you can throw in the lineup when you're versing your heavier team in Washington when Tom Wilson's in the lineup. You know what I mean? And you have a possible young stud in the lineup, a young rookie or Drew. You know what I mean? Like, to protect them. So I think that's a a tactic that he could go into negotiations with and kind of catch the Flyers with because I'm, I'm sure the Flyers agree. He's a good story too, he and is. he is. I want him back, Dan. He's been in the organization just for so long. Like, when, like we are already lacking guys who stand up and give his shit and want to push the other team around. And like, we have a chance here. We can bring this guy back on like a low risk deal, and we can have a guy who's been around for a long time, doesn't take any shit, hard worker. Everyone, everyone likes him. Kind of feels like a layup to me, honestly. If he really wants to come yeah. back that bad. I mean, Hag's gone, in my opinion. He has he he still has some term left on his contract, but it's yeah, movable. He's, I he's think one of he's those gone. Guys on the depth chart. When I was saying it's time to flip, he's mm-hmm. like he was also one of those guys where I was like, you don't draft them all to keep them all. It's, it's there's too many. There's too many uh, defensemen that 
I mean, you can't fill the spots. I mean, you got Ghost who are probably gone. You got York coming up. What are you going to do with Zamula? Is he going to be in a trade this offseason? I don't know. There's too many defensemen that could be that could play that spot. Then you have Morin, who you're probably going to sign as the number seven. Like, I really don't see them not signing him. Like he's like you said, it's a slam dunk. Like you're not going to find a better number seven. I mean, I know he's not the best defenseman in the world, but I think he's he's good enough to to be a number seven in the league. I really do. So we'll see where that goes, man. I'm excited, bro. Uh, me too. Dude, things are ramping up. The rumors are ramping up. And as soon as the final ends, it's going to ramp up even more. For, and uh, for I'm the, excited to see where this Jones thing takes us. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm excited to see like what the... I, I kind of want the trade just to happen just to see what what they actually get for Jones. And if what we see in Prodman's article is really what it's going to cost to get him. We'll exactly. I can't. I can't look at fake trade packages anyway. Like, I, I need to look at a real trade I can't, package. I can't get a, a, a trade package from a fucking Columbus Blue Jacket UK <laughs> fan account, bro. Like I can't get another one. And then the timeline completely melts down, dude. Every, no, completely. that's what the timeline does. The timeline sees this random, random, random account like UK Blue Jackets, <laughs> and they see the package from that, and they're like, "Oh, dude, the Flyers are about to sell the fl-. like." No, that's not. That was speculation I, I, off of a Meltz. Meltzer put together a package, just probably like while he was sipping his coffee on Twitter. He just put like that is not an actual rumored package. That was just something Meltzer was just threw out there, and that account was like, "Huh, Flyers writer, gotta be right," and just stirred up the pot. Insane. Now, I wonder if the prominent article that we just read out earlier in the article is that is that what like they're hearing or is that what they're thinking? Like, I I want to know. I I wish LeBron or or Savarly or any freedom any of these guys would like come out with an actual tweet or like an actual story and, like this is what Columbus wants 100 yeah. percent like the hold up I want to Philly hear is hesitant to yeah. deal such or, and such. yeah like, like yeah exactly like, like uh, Philly doesn't want to give up wisdom or like I mean if that's it I can see the timeline breaking down <laughs> yeah, um, man. any way they don't get Jones whether it's justified or not the timeline's breaking down they put themselves in that spot I have to think. I mean, don't I we do that every year? I mean, didn't we do it last year at Petrangelo when there was like a zero percent chance Petrangelo was signing with us? Like zero percent chance. I mean, I, it might have been in the fucking negatives that Petrangelo was coming to Philly, and you still had people screaming and I'll crying about it. I'll take it a step further. It. I'll take it a step further. People have been sitting here on my timeline for the last twelve months, cr- breaking down, crying every time <laughs> Corey Perry scores a fucking goal. <laughs> Give me a break, bro. Oh my god! If I have to see that one more time, like Jesus Christ, we get it. He's a good depth player. Oh, awesome depth player, man! I, yeah, like, as if, if as if, if he helps us. Like, dude, we got spanked by the Sabers. Are you kidding me, <laughs> hold bro? On, hold on, Carey, uh, Corey Perry. The year we got Nate Thompson and 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 Derek fucking Grant, that would have been a great year to go get Corey Perry. Fire. Last year, Corey Perry is not helping shit. I promise you. Like, Corey Perry is not helping the defense. Corey Perry's not helping the defensive breakdowns. I promise you. Like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Exactly. Exactly. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about? Of- do you want? I, I, I am too, bro. You want to talk about the expansion draft uh, as we close this out? Yeah, sure. Let's finish up with the expansion. So obviously, the expansion draft is on July twenty first, eight p.m. on ESPN two. It's gonna be cool seeing ESPN. Yeah, oh. it's gonna be cool, dude. ESPN two. It's gonna be cool seeing the uh, NHL on on that platform for the first time. I mean, yeah. Cause you know, there's going to be like 
cool no, opening ho- promos. They're gonna introduce the whole yeah, staff. Dude, it's like it's gonna, gonna cool it's gonna be awesome. Well, did you see that tweet that I sent you? Like the they like introduced people that are gonna be working with them. Yeah, it's it's, it's really a great cool. crew too. It's a great crew, honestly. It's like you said before. It's gonna be great for the game. It's gonna expand the game a lot. I'm excited for it. Just because, like, the fact that they moved away from the ESPN TV deal for so long, like, ESPN, not that they, like, shied away from, well, they, they pretty much did, but, like... They did, yeah. Th- yeah, they, they, they didn't, didn't put their full... At all. They didn't... And ESPN is such a huge Was that, like, piece on purpose? Be like, fuck you guys. Like, we're, we're, we won't even talk about hockey if you don't want us to cover it. Like, I think that's it's what one of them was. things where it's, like, like if, the, if hockey garnered the amount of clicks the other yeah. leagues would i think they wouldn't have cared but they're like all right for one you left us for nbc sports network and two uh you're not even getting the revenue like that anyway yeah. so we're just gonna just fully commit to basketball and football like they have so hard now, now is like as soon as the finals end is it gonna like cut off and like nbc's done right after the finals and then yeah, it seems that way. And then ESPN the expansion picks up. draft is yeah. going to be... That's ESPN. cool, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, let's go. Like, a, a new... Let's dawn in a new era of fucking hockey, bro. Like, let, let, let's bring hockey to these kids that are watching ESPN. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Let's let's expand this fucking game, dude. Let's start, let, let's start watching fucking women's hockey, bro. Some of, these, some of these girls out here are fucking beasts, bro. Like throwing shoulders and just putting Seth Jones type wristers in the net, bro. Like, yeah, I, dude. like let's let's start expanding the game of hockey, bro. Like seriously, let's go. I'm hyped for it. ESPN, ESPN two. Yeah. Um, obviously Drew and uh, Hayes are. They take up two slots right off the bat. Do you think they go? I mean, I I personally think they go the the seven forward three D one goalie route. That's what I think they they go. I don't, I don't think they go the eight skaters one one D and then one goalie. Uh, two D. Yeah. Is, is it eight skaters, two D, one goalie, or eight skaters, one? No, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I think it's what seven. Am I, saying? Th- I think skater. it's four and four. It's, isn't eight, it? and it's, it's eight skaters, one goalie. Yeah. And what am I saying? D. I'm sorry. What do you think they go though? I'm sorry. Uh, probably the first one you said. So yeah. Okay. So Drew and Hayes, they they already take up two slots because of the no move clauses. I uh, I made a quick list. I have Konechny as the the third. I don't. I. Gotta protect him. I don't see them not protecting him. Couturier, it's an obvious pick. Um, I think they protect Lawton. I, I don't see them signing him to an extension, a three-year, $3 million a year extension, and then not protecting him. It doesn't really make any sense. But like I, I like you said before in the podcast, I definitely would have uh, flipped him. My next one, Limblom. Again, I, I don't see. I think it's a pretty easy pick. I don't see them not protecting Oscar. And then I think they do protect Patrick as much as like <laughs> we don't want to – hear it i do think they do protect him i i as much as you don't even want to hear it danny i think he's back next year it's not that i like i don't like not want to hear that i'm really indifferent on it like i said before it's so like, if he's I. back like cool he better look good if not sorry bud like that's the way i feel i don't know well i i don't know the, the whole Nolan patrick situation is crazy because i could see them being like all right dude like we gave you your your like prove it deal and we didn't really see it so we're, we're gonna move on or they could be like all right we gave you your prove it deal it was you coming off a migraine issue let's see it full training camp full year of being healthy one year again another qualifying offer let's prove it again and then let's see where things go but any situation we've said it before with him i'm cool with it. i really am i'm cool with it 
But I do think they protect him because I do think Chuck is going to look at it as like, we're not going to lose this asset for nothing. So why am I not going to protect him? So as much as that's going to piss people off and probably send Twitter into a nut, another frenzy. But that's what I do think happens. The 3D, Provorov, obviously. It, dude, honestly, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it, Nolan Patrick's best years, his first two years, under Dave Haxtell, too. Like, oh! You don't know. Like, you just don't know if he's like, sees the potential in that young player and liked him and wants to pick him. Well, they would have to, Chuck would have to turn around and protect, like, NAK over, over Patrick or, like, Voracek over, or, or Jay. Like, that's just not going to happen. He's not going to protect that kind of contract. The only dude I could see him protecting over um, Patrick is NAK. Right? Yeah. Probably. Uh, to finish up on the ESPN thing, real quick, one mm-hmm. thing I wanted to say, on like a slow... Suppose like they don't have any football, they don't have any LeBron topics to talk about on like first take, and it's a slow day. If a big hockey story is there, you're going to be seeing that on first take. Or on all those big like... ESPN debate shows like on, on like a slow football. Danny, like that's the, what I'm stories saying, are gonna be there, bro. It's gonna be fun. Like I think we were talking about a couple days ago, Kaprizov being in Siberia, fucking fishing. Like that's hilarious, dude. Like I, I wish that was blown up more. Like he has no idea that he won Rookie of the Year because that dude's just in Siberia. Like that's hilarious. And, like, the more and more I thought about that, that has to be on purpose. Like, he knows the date that award's getting handed out, and I, he knows he's the winner. He doesn't give a fuck, probably, bro. Like, he's probably one of those players, like, a, like I don't care about an award. Like, I'm just going to go fishing in Siberia. Like, I'm cool I love about it. an award. Like, I, I kind of like it. Too. I think it's so badass, honestly. Like, the fact that he just spends his summers, like, no internet. Just, <laughs> yeah, like, I admire like, that, dude. I really do. Like, and I, as much as... I love Twitter. I wish I was able to do that because I don't think I'd be able to, to... I mean, I think the first week would be really difficult for me and then maybe I would get used to it, but the thought of like not having any connection, it sounds it's weird because like, that's how me and you talk every day. I mean, we don't see each other in person every day, so it's... But I admire it for sure. But go, going back to the expansion draft thing real quick, like I said, if they don't, uh, if they don't protect Nolan, the other guys that like are available to protect, uh, Bonneman... Uh, David Casa, which is not going to protect. Uh, LaBerge, Andriov, Torinsky, Verbriev, Robustov, NAK, Varim's like, and then Voracek. So that's why I think they're going to just go Patty, because who else? Yeah. Yeah, it's it either se- Patty or NAK. Yeah, because I, mean. I think, it, and like, I think the it's going to be Patty because of the. As much as people don't want to hear it, but the whole value asset, like it, we drafted this kid second overall, and I'm going to risk losing him for nothing to 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 Seattle. As much as people don't want to hear it, you know what I mean? Like, I understand Absolutely. their side. I, I understand people getting mad at like, fuck his value. Who gives a shit? But I do. I I see both sides. So that's why I think Patty goes instead of anybody else because you're not protecting Roycheck that 8.2, not protecting Van Reams like that 7.1. Nah. So we'll it's see. Gonna, it's gonna be fun. I'm so yeah. excited, bro. Like, I I really, I had a dream the other day that we were like we did the live stream and we were like just sitting there talking hockey with people and it was just like a nonchalant kind of thing. It was, I think it was like two hours in, so like we were kind of in the groove of things, not really just doing our thing. And like some crazy shit went down. I forget like what exactly what it was, but it has something to do with the Flyers. And we were like live, just reacting with like a bunch of people. Like, a bunch of people like jumped into the the live stream because like they knew that we were it was just awesome bro i really hope something like that happens 
we deserve it. Us as Flyers fans, I mean, like, we had that, like, little bit of playoff run in the bubble. Like, that little bit of excitement. The fucking round robin was, like, the best part of being a Flyers fan in the last fucking eight years. And then, like, we were just crushed after that, bro. Like, had not one little bit of joy from Flyers land since then. I mean, Cam York has been, like, the only thing that Flyers related that has been fun to follow this year. His sophomore year was my favorite thing that I watched hockey-wise, Flyers. Oh, yeah, and then the World Junior, like, that... Him, Cam him. York's everything about general, him. Yeah, yeah. His, he's what got us through this. Seriously, year. though, bro, like his, his world junior captain that team to a gold medal, then goes back to Michigan, doesn't miss a fucking beat. I remember his first game back. I remember watching it and like doing the clips, and I remember texting you and being like, "Dude, this kid has like didn't miss a didn't miss a beat." And then he wins a Big Ten Defenseman of the Year was nominated for Big Ten Player of the Year, and then he goes and plays in the Phantoms, five points, three goals, two assists, and eight games, and then he goes and plays for the Flyers. Like, that was the only bright spot of the Flyers team this year, and it's fucking sad, and we deserve something fun. So I want the expansion draft to be fun as shit for me, for you, for our followers, for everybody, bro. I'm fucking tired of it. I want to be happy to think about this team. Yeah, I want to wake up. Fun. I want to wake up and be like, damn, did we really just get Seth Jones? Or damn, did we just get Johnny Gaudreau? Or something like that. I want to wake up and like pop somebody's fucking highlights on. Or go or, like, I want, yeah, I want to wake up or look, or look away from my phone for like 20 minutes and look back and get like 12 unread text. Yes. And it's just my phone getting I'll never blown forget. up because it was Seth Jones trade or something. I'll never forget waking up when we won the number two overall pick in 2017. I was asleep and you were like, Chris, I guess. Ah, uh, oh, so funny, uh, <laughs> Could have been McCarr. And we'll move on. Um, uh, defenseman. Mark or Marker. Or Pedersen. But we'll move on, I won't, I won't get into that one. Let's, when dudes, yeah. dudes, call, dudes say we should have drafted him over Patrick. Yet they spell his name Marker. <laughs> okay. Um, Ivan Provorov is a, the first defenseman that we're going to protect. Travis Sanheim is the second slot. And then I think Phil Myers is going to be the third slot. And then obviously you got Carter Hart. So that's the that's the protection list for the expansion draft yeah man what would you really go interesting. with uh, that, that that's probably what i'd go with honestly um because they're gonna have to go the seven forwards route i, I firmly believe mm-hmm. they have more stock in their forward group they put more stock in their forward group than their current oh, offensive group. absolutely he he wants to change the defensive group so i don't think it like the, the focus is going to be over there at all yeah, absolutely. Do you think that reasoning might make him go the eight skater route, though? Since he has more stock in his forwards, and he wants to maybe change up the defense, like maybe he just goes eight skaters instead. Nah. No. Nah, okay. I don't see it. Okay. Just. Yeah, nah. I just don't see it. I, I just, just want to hear your I, thoughts. I don't think they would want to. I think they would want to pick who they're losing. Like, yeah. I don't think they mm-hmm. would want Seattle to look and be like, do we want Sanheim or Myers or blah, blah, blah. Like, I yeah. think they want to, like, trade the uh, one of them and pick like, an control odd man it. out for that. Yeah. I respect it. But, I mean, you're not going to protect Ghost. So it's going to be either eight skaters where you're protecting seven, three, one, and then the three is going to be Provorov, Sandy, and then Myers. And then you, if you want to trade one of those guys, you do that after, during the draft or after the draft during, like, free agency and shit. Like, who was Hackstall's, like, favorite guy? No, the funny <laughs> thing is, dude, I didn't even I didn't even remotely think about Nolan Patrick having, quote-unquote, the best years of his career. I mean, there's not really things to, like, compare it to, but with Hackstall. That, I did not think about that at all, but yeah. we'll see. I, I do think that the JVR thing, because I do, you know for a fact, 
Haxtell loves his point shots, so I, I, I do think the factor that JVR is pretty good at deflecting those things might change, uh, not change his mind, but like might persuade him. But we'll see. Yeah, and he's just like a consummate Voracek professional. Too. Like he, Haxtell liked Voracek. I don't remember anything between Hack and didn't Voracek have some pretty good years under him too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see, man. I'm, I'm. Oh my God, Danny. I will. What did you say to me last night? If if they trade for somebody or if they got the contract off the books, you'll I'll slam a case tonight. What was it? <laughs> it was uh, oh, <laughs> someone threw out. It was NHL rumors daily. He said that uh, Chuck has been on the phone and, and Voracek's name has been. Oh yes, amongst... it's exactly yeah. That's funny how I I brought that up during talking about Voracek. Yeah, apparently. Hold on, <laughs> say that real quick again. I'm spazzing out. What? Well, the Voracek on the market. Yeah. Like, yeah, so NHL what... Rumors Daily said that Voracek's name has been in the mix, which is something we've never heard before. Well, we've never on. heard his I, name in the mix. That's not the first time I've heard that this offseason, though. That's maybe the second or third time I've seen his name be thrown in of, like, a possibility that, like, Chuck wants to move that. Con- I mean, it's something that me and you and, like, Flyers fans have been talking about on the timeline for the last fucking two, three years, but it's nice to finally see it on a fucking article somewhere or tweet. You know what I mean? Like... It's good to know that like Chuck Fletcher might see the same shit that we see. Like, hey, maybe getting that contract off the books would be the best thing to do this offseason. I mean, I and then like you look at people saying that like we want to get all these contracts off the books, and I understand, but like it's going to be one of JVR and Borchick. Like you can't do both because if you do both, at that point, like you're gonna have to pre- replace some pretty productive offensive. I mean, as much as people want to like harp on JVR and, and, and Voracek for their defensive turnovers and like their, their play, but you get rid of both of those guys, the cap space is great and all, but like you're going to have to replace those dudes with some pretty productive offensive players. You better not be trading away Morgan Frost. If you're going to, if you're going to get rid of both those dudes, so like, you're going to need some players up there. You know what I mean? You better be bringing in some guys or something to, to accommodate. Yeah. Absolutely, that's too much veteran presence leaving. Too much one of them offensive output. I don't give a fuck which one it is. To be honest with you, I have nothing against them, but getting one of those contracts off the books and then having the other one, because like you can make the argument for either one of them. JVR had a pretty good, pretty good year last year, so I wouldn't mind seeing him back again. And then Voracek, as much as people want to harp about him with his two-way play and some of his lazy turnovers, he's a pretty good offensive player, and he's going to give you X amount of points every year so either or but i do want one of them one of them true. absolutely and i'm gonna wrap up the episode with just one last thought what? and it's that i i truly believe in chuck fletcher not like <sighs> oh i believe in him take us to the cup i believe he's gonna make moves meaningful moves because we've been strong around like puppets all year all the expansion every press conference all the expansion oh, heard about it all year so he's been leading to this moment I doubt he's just going to go up to the plate, swing and miss, and just be okay with it. Like, I think something's going to happen significant. If not, and the team still looks the same, he's canned. Like, that's, that's his job. Like, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not yelling at you, but I generally don't think – there's no way he comes into next season with the – No, it's all, it's all built to this point. To mm-hmm. His first full 82-game season, the divisional alignments are returning to normal. His first – this is the the year. This is the year you make your footprint on the team. This isn't a wonky COVID year. This is a normal NHL year now. Th- think about this, Danny. This is what I was thinking about, honestly, this morning while I was going to work. Like, Montreal snuck into the playoffs last year. They were like, the 24th team in the league yep. last year. 
they snuck in technically this year too with that weak Canadian. I mean, they're there. They deserve it 100%. Don't get me wrong. But, like, they have taken advantage of the last two seasons of, like, a really good situation. And Montreal, Bergevin, saw last year how they played us. They lost the first round, but they were like, hey, I have a, he's like, I have a pretty good team here. And he added, like, Chuck needs to see. Like, it only takes a couple of good additions to an already good team for it to catapult. And, like, we talked about how Chuck kind of, like, ran it back this year because, like, he was like, all right, maybe I saw how good you guys were before the COVID stoppage and I'm going to run it back. But, like, I think me and you can sit here and agree that the Flyers are not as bad as they were last year. And maybe they're not as good as they were before the COVID stop happened. But I think they're somewhere in between, and I still think there's a good team in there. Like there's still a good core. Me and you talk about it all the time. This isn't a blow up situation. This is a retool. If you add three, four good pieces on the back end, a nice goalie, and then a couple maybe good forwards, this team's right back in the contention, man. Like you still have some good players on this fucking team. Like you Claude Giroux is still gonna be Claude Giroux. You know what I mean? Like Couturier is one of the two best two way centers in the league. And guess what? During playoff time, that matters. So if you put a good team around that, you're gonna feel the the repercussion. I mean, I'm excited, bro. Let's let's make some yeah. good moves. Retool that defense up a little bit, and yes. Carter Hart bounce back Come year. Come on, and, dude. The biggest thing, it, if Carter Hart, like the way he was playing at home in 2020, if he can bring that back, which I I think he will, and I think he easily can. Not easily, maybe, but I think he will and can. I I we're a playoff team. Like I see us as a playoff team, and that is like not anything anyone wants to hear. Because all, all over my timeline, it's we're so far off. We're yeah. so far. I don't think we're. No, I think we're we just played the same seven teams all year, and those teams happen to be good, most of them. And we had a bad year. And I don't think last. I don't think the year before last year was a fluke. Like I think that team is there still. Like I, you I don't think it was a fluke, but I don't think they're as good as they were when they were rolling. I, like I just said, I think they're somewhere in between. I, I think. This year exposing them a little bit, bro. Like they, they, we talked about it before last year happened. And like these, these new games, these fifty-six games with the same teams in your division are going to be playoff-like games almost every game. And the Flyers got exposed in that fifty-six game season because of me. It was kind of playoff-like, you know what I mean? And they got exposed during those games. So we'll see where things go. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. One thing I want to run by you. Freddie Anderson is, like, somebody that I thought the Flyers might, like, call on. And I really didn't think the Leafs would be bringing him back with the emergence of some other goalies over there. I mean, they did they, – they even – they uh traded for Riddich, too. So, the Leafs apparently yeah, he had, won't be back. Apparently, the Reefs are, have reached out to Freddie Anderson, like, multiple times and are talking with him. So, I would be, like, not shocked, but confused if they brought him back. I, I absolutely would be confused. But like absolutely, the way Campbell played was great. LeBron on his article, shout out to LeBron. He has some awesome shit in his articles I wrote down here. But yeah, he said that like they've they've been talking, and I like I kind of agreed with him because like uh, LeBron was like I really didn't expect him to be that like I I I had him definitely moving on. But maybe it's just like t- like check in kind of talks. Like hey, are you still at this number? Oh, okay, you are. All right, see ya. or something like that. I don't know, but. Interesting, interesting. Denault's another interesting. Um, he's another interesting unrestricted free agent this year because he's really showing how good he is in the playoffs right now, man. He's a shutting dudes the fuck down in all the playoffs. He's like a he's like a mini Couturier. 
Exactly. Every, every time I think of Dano, I think every time I hear someone like, oh, he's shot. He's down literally all the a best, mini like, Couturier, dude. Yeah, it reminds me of Coots. All right, that's all I got. That was a long one. Absolutely, but a fun one, and hopefully we're back in a, another week. Yeah, we will be. But if the Jones trade happens in the imminent future, we will return sooner than that. Anything, anything that requires us to run to these mics, we will run to these mics. And uh, this has been episode 62. Follow us on all socials at the Liberty L. Give us a review on iTunes if you may. So please, uh, at Tly Danny at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. And what's that? Go floor.